Chapter 1 A mime is a terrible thing to waste, Sarah Kingston snarled, but damned if we shouldn't take a machine gun to this one, Maggie. She gestured toward the white-gloved performer not three feet in front of us. Be nice, I said, shushing my friend and business partner. Mimes probably have a very rough time of it. Ignoring us, a lanky guy who looked as improbable as a mine as Will Ferrell did an elf, outlined an invisible door in the air, then rapped on it. I cleared my throat. Socially, I mean. And no small wonder. Then why hire... it? Him, I corrected. After all, mines must have feelings, too. Even this string bean, wearing a green beret, white face paint, red and white striped gondolier shirt, black short pants, and puce suspenders. No taste, apparently, but feelings. And I didn't hire the man, Sarah. JoLynn Penn Williams must have, because she's responsible for our Brook Hills end of the Milwaukee commuter train dedication. Oh, yeah? My partner looked around. Then where is she? You can't unleash a mime on an unsuspecting populace and then just walk away. There should be consequences. Sarah had a point. If not about the entertainment, at least about the event manager not being present to manage her own event. After all, this was a big deal for Brook Hills. As of today, September 1st, a regular train would connect downtown Milwaukee on the shores of Lake Michigan to our Brook Hills Junction Depot, 15 miles west. I say our because, also as of today, the depot was the new location of Uncommon Grounds, the gourmet coffee house Sarah and I co-owned. The first train had departed quietly around dawn on a special run to carry our Brook Hills County dignitaries, Joe Lynn presumably included, to the Milwaukee dedication. Following that, the big city hotshots would climb aboard for the trip back to our celebration. Since Milwaukee was far larger than our little suburb, I grudgingly had to admit that their event should have priority. Besides, despite Joe Penn Williams' temporary absence, everything for the combination commuter train dedication and grand reopening of Uncommon Grounds had been in place when Sarah and I arrived. The pièce de résistance of the celebration, at least in my mind, was the giant inflatable Uncommon Grounds cup and saucer situated atop the wooden framework, or gallows, above us. I had commissioned the advertising balloon from Joe Lynn's husband, staging and props professional Kevin Williams. Balloon, inflatable, blow-up, whatever you chose to call it, the thing was magnificent, with just the right dash of kitchen kitsch. Fifteen feet in diameter by five feet high and capable of holding nearly five thousand gallons of coffee should someone, not mentioning names, have considered filling it. A continual varying flow of air made the cup and streamers of steam shimmy and beckon like an animated snowman on a Christmas tree lot. In fact, the cup was odds-on favor to be the most animated part of the ceremony, which would feature the requisite dry-as-dust speeches by our own Brook Hills County Executive Brewster Hampton and his counterpart from Milwaukee County, Winona Council. Brewster was a long-time acquaintance, and I knew Winona through Wopro, a group of high-profile women in the metropolitan area. Nice people, you understand, but not exactly lightning rods. Nonetheless, the Metro newspapers and television stations had sent teams to cover our event, and they were spread out interviewing anyone they could find. In the distance, I could see Mary, our town's head librarian, talking to a dark-haired female reporter and her camera operator, while a passing dog-walker held court for a print reporter. 
I was itching to get down there and revel in my own fifteen seconds of fame, now that I was satisfied our cup, elevated ten feet above the boarding platform of the aforementioned gallows, was high enough to be seen by the crowd, but not so high it would be outside a camera's frame. So, said Sarah, head tilted toward the mime, tone laced with impatience and uneasiness, can't we just make it leave? For the last time, it's a he— the mime had abandoned his knocking on the make-believe door, and instead opened it and stepped through. Once his second foot landed, he nearly collided with Kevin Williams, as the props and staging guru came out a real door from the depot and onto the porch. Sorry, Kevin said, seemingly instinctively, and then looked the other guy up and down. Obligingly, the mime began a clockwise pirouette. You sure that's a guy? Sarah asked. It's got a braid of hair sticking out the back of its beret and a lump pushing out the front of his pants, emphasis on his, 